Oh, that's is that a video or a picture? Oh, it's video. I'm Perfect. I thought it was a photo. Awesome game. <laughs> Very necessary to know. Welcome back to the Gentlemen's Dojo. Oh boy. Hello. We're in a good mood today. We are. By the way, great yeah. time in La Jolla last weekend. Wonderful time in La Jolla. Oh, so much fun. Four great shows. A lot of fun. All three of us hanging out, having a good time. Well, good crowds, <laughs> right? That's good crowds. Yeah, they were fun. Yeah. Good yeah. times. How many good times crowds? you have to do that comedy store before the one in L.A. accepts you? Oh, oh, before you... Is it a thousand? I think it's yeah. easier to get your name on the wall down in San Diego than it is up here in L.A. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, Steve has the same your on name's the still not on Yoo-Hoo it. Room and Flappers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we, let, let's not waste time here. We we're got wasting a very special... time, Stephen. Yeah, you are. Very yeah. precious, precious, valuable seconds here. You want to introduce our uh, very, very special guest here? I will certainly introduce him, and, you know, it's kind of interesting because you are heading to Montreal very, very soon the, for... The prestigious... The prestigious, Montreal, yes. just for last festival. I will tell you that uh, Patrick and I choose to go to the Bakersfield. Yes, Festival Half, of Laughs. Yeah, yeah they absolutely. do that in August, and a lot of big names up there. So what's yes. it like to paper for the festival? We- <laughs> <laughs> what's a Bringer Festival like? You can't yeah. have a face tattoo at gigs in Bakers. They have signs on most of the doors. It is yeah. virtually yeah. virtually impossible. Yeah. Well, listen, we are excited. Uh, this gentleman um been doing the Just for Laughs Festival for, I think, over 20 years. Is that true? No, is not that- quite 20. 90, 91, 92, been part of it for that long? You don't have to put dates down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he is part of the, one of the, the big shots, one of the big, big names who brings it all together. As far as you know him. So many young comics vying for this guy's attention. Yeah. He is the executive creative marketing programming director. I'm just going to throw it all in one kind of <laughs> pot for the Just for Laughs Festival in Montreal, which is yeah. coming up this summer. Every our, summer. Our guest uh, today is uh, Jeff Singer. How about a round hey! of applause for Jeff? Thank you for having me. We Thank you so much, Jeff, for you. joining us. Really appreciate it, bud. My first podcast. Are, Are you serious? serious? Yeah, look at the, the heads turn wow. simultaneously. Yeah. Wow. No never, way. I've never done a podcast. No. Wow. Wait, wait. Uh, all this time, all the comedians, yeah. you've never. No, I've been invited a- to. I've turned them down. I've been invited to. Okay, now I know you're lying. I'm not no, this is I, the I, one. Jeff did tell I, me this. I, this I is the one you would. This is the one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, that, I what? find that shocking. Mostly because of you. Come on. Really? I'm not making that up. Really? Wow, that's, yeah, that's he's all. You feel Steve sorry is, for I'm, him. No, I do not. <laughs> no, I can tell the tone of this podcast. <laughs> he's always been a nice guy. Yes. I, Steve and I have uh, been acquainted oh, for 15, 18 years, maybe, back in my New York days when yeah, we were Largo, there. Yeah, Largo. Is that what, uh, is that what, uh, what was, was uh, um, It was. Um, not Largo. Largo. I know. Uh, that was. You're thinking of. Um, Luna Lounge. Luna Lounge. Luna That's Lounge, right. Yes. Yeah, my God. Yeah. Slip my Holy name, my mind for a second. Yes. Yeah. So we go back a long ways. Wow. He's, always, uh, he's a funny guy, but but a nice guy. I like nice people. So I'll take he's that. he's a nice guy, and uh, and and we have uh, a little bit of a history. I don't yes, know we you do. that well, but I yes. I had uh, I think uh, employed you on some show that I worked on. Yep. Jeff uh, reached out to me to do warm up uh, years ago on a show. Uh, by the way, nice guy is how people describe Gary's comedy. Right, right. <laughs> very nice guy. Headlines, but, headlines, nice guy clubs all over the. Country. But I will say this: Jeff did tell me when I reached out to him. I wanted him to do the podcast. He said, "I don't do them. I just, you know, I've been asked, and I've just, you know, would rather not." And uh, you know, once he saw the lineup, he said, "I'm still reluctant, but I'll come." <laughs> <laughs> what show well, did he get you on? I did uh, audience warm up on a show called Stand Up in Stilettos, which was hosted by Kate Flannery from the. I was going to say Ant. Yes, as, <laughs> by the comic ant. Yeah. And so I did that, and uh, I did it the first season, and Brody Stevens jumped in and did warm-up on the second season, which was great. So that's how I, I've known Jeff for— Not because we didn't hire him back, because he wasn't available. Oh, he got nice. busier. See? Okay. There true. you go. That's there you go. industry talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Common <laughs> industry. <laughs> yeah. It's a good smokescreen. Throw us off but the But you are, uh, Steve, you're heading up to uh, Montreal for the Just for Laughs Festival. Yeah. Right? And so what year is this for you heading up there? I don't know. I've done it quite a few times, but I got to say, anytime a comedian gets that call, it's not only an honor, but a privilege to be a part of the biggest festival, I think, in the world. Uh, I mean, it just goes on and on. This is my first two and a half week run. But initially, I mean, let's just start from the ground up. How did you get involved with Just for Laughs uh, at the very beginning? How, how did you come into play with it? 
Well, I happen to have been born and raised in Montreal. That's where I'm from. A lot of people think I'm from New York. But I associated with you, New York. Yeah, with New York. That's, yeah, most yeah. people think I'm New York, and I did. Sp- I lived in New York for 13 years, but I, I started off in Montreal. So okay. I came up with that festival, having lived in the city and working there. I think when I was a teenager, I've been volunteering there for the summers. Wow. Back in the days when you know Leno and Seinfeld were kind of popping. Yeah. Um, and uh, it kind of just snowballed from there. I mean, I've always had an interest to want to work with comedy, and uh, I eventually started uh, expanding my role there and working in more administrative and contracts until kind of grew in. I didn't really start the the scouting position and, and, and more. I do a lot more TV producing now, but the scouting, I probably started in uh, about 16, 17 years ago, more on a full-time or temporary full-time basis. So, And the festival is entering its 35th year. Wow. And it, it, it started, I believe, and uh, someone out there might correct me if I'm wrong, I believe it started as a, as a French-only festival for about four or five years before, uh, because it's a bilingual city, Montreal, and then it expanded into both French and then the English, obviously, popped and grew because cause of the uh, international marketplace. But it started off more, a lot of outdoor shows, a lot of French guys on stilts, it started off with that, then yeah. it kind of proliferated into something uh, a lot you know, bigger to what it is today. I know yeah. this might be a broad question, but the, over the course of even just our careers and in 35 years, there's so many festivals that have popped up. Um, why is it that Montreal has sustained the success it has, but also why is it still relevant? Because it is, it's never faded, it's never plateaued, it still seems to be the most relevant comedy festival in all the world. Uh, what are you what are you guys doing right that other festivals have not done right? Well, I mean, the size and the scope I think are a big thing and and the city. It's it's just a great international city. So one of the things that this festival has that certainly no other North American festivals uh, have uh, is the um the, the 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 scope and the range of international artists because they get it's not only you know Canada and US but it's 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 uh, it's Great Britain it's Ireland it's Australia it's yeah. South Africa it's all over and now a lot of European countries it could be you know Sweden and Germany and and they have a lot of where English isn't even the primary language so you're getting co- China too so you're getting comics from all around the globe you know congregating onto this uh, to this one scene. And I, I want to say that, I, listen, I'm, I'm a member of a big team. That it's a year-round operation. So, you know, I, I have one specific, you know, job that I'm designated to about six months of the year. But the team there, uh, you know, they do a lot of, uh, they're on it year-round. A lot of these other festivals, they're like in it for, you know, three, four, five days and they're out. But they're, this is an ongoing operation year-round. So they stay current, I think, and relevant because they know what's happening you know, in the, on you know internationally, globally, on the comedy scenes, and you know, n- you know, new trends, new talent, uh, doing tours. Uh, they have. They, by the way, they also have a festival now. Uh, they have Montreal. They have Toronto. They're somehow associated with Vancouver, mm-hmm. and there's one in Sydney, Australia. There used to be one in Chicago that was yeah. up and down for a couple of years. Right. So they've they've grown, and I think, you know, their their footprint has spread beyond just the borders of just Canada. And it just has a good reputation. And anyone who's gone there, and you know yourself, it, it's it's a great city to visit. I mean, yeah. I'm from there, so I'm a little biased. I moved away many years ago, but I I enjoy going back. My family's still there, and it's. Uh, have you ever been to the city? No. Okay. It's it's. I mean, it's it's an hour flight from New York. Yeah. Okay, six hours from L.A., but it's drivable from New York, and it's very cosmopolitan. It's very European. You know, especially American comics that go up there, they just love being there because it just has different flavor and culture. So, and, and it's they, every year about uh, late summer, midsummer, late. It's summer, July. Right? It's uh, they've out. expanded. Okay. It used to be like the last, the English part the, between the French and the English. It probably goes on for over three weeks. That's amazing. Three weeks, like yeah. that's everybody in in Montreal. I mean, should come to a show. Like after three weeks, you'd think that every single citizen in the city would have been to a show to be able to sustain three straight weeks. Every I mean, night. it's 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 pretty popular, but Montreal is also known as a, a city of festivals. Because preceding that, you have the Jazz Festival, which is an amazing festival in the city. Yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a film festival. There's a fireworks competition. There's a Formula, big Formula One racing event, which is bigger than all of them. That, that draws the most popular uh, attendance, I should say. Uh, so there's, there's a, you know, a Caribbean festival. Uh, there's Oceaga festivals right after Just Jesus. for Laughs. It's <laughs> nonstop. Like, yeah. If you like festivals, that's the city you want to go to. But there's not even a festival in the United States that even comes close to what just for laughs is. I mean, there's no, there's nothing, right? I mean, there's absolutely nothing. They, yeah. that, that's what I was alluding to before. Aspen folded. Chicago. It, it, it kind of it started off with. 
I forget how it started, but I think TBS was involved, and it just kind of... It was a partnership with Just for Laughs and TBS, correct? Yeah, but it, it just seems like the States, for some reason, doesn't can cannot replicate the success of Montreal in any of these cities for some reason or another. I would agree with that. I mean, you know, New York has one, but again, New York is a festival 365 a year, yeah. so it's it's not comparable to that. L.A. has tried something in the past. Nothing's on the scope of, of what Just for Laughs does. Uh, you're absolutely correct. There's nothing like that internationally or, 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 or locally. It's funny that you mention L.A. because anytime on Facebook or social media you see, oh, L.A. Comedy Festival was this week. It's always like three days later. You're like, I had no yeah, idea. No clue. And, and yeah. nor, nor did my 100 comedian friends have any idea yeah. that there was a festival You'd be surprised that there yeah. wasn't one up in San Francisco or yeah. some of it, but there's like a Big Sky one in Montana or the San Luis Obispo. Yeah. But those are all very tiny. Yeah, and I, by the way, I've been to a lot of them. It's part of my, my job and just my... To uh, scout. Is, is to scout and to attend other festivals. I mean, I'm involved. There's one in Atlanta called the Laughing Skull Festival, which mm-hmm. is a really terrific... And it's more of a... That's a new faces, a purely new faces festival. I uh, was just one called the Limestone Festival the first time ever in, in Bloomington. Bloomington. Yeah. You know about that? Yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Great little college yeah. town. Really, really yeah. nice. Uh, and, you know, there's, there's one in... There's, uh, you know, uh, Cape Fear and uh, North Carolina has one. There's there's any major city. There's one in Boston. There's one in uh, I think in Philly, and there's one in uh, I mean everywhere that you go. There's you know Dallas. There's there's festivals everywhere right now. But again, not not at the level of just for less. So when you're out at different festivals, different clubs, what are you looking for when? Because the big thing at just for laughs for comics. Comics know this, but a lot of people don't know. It's the New Faces Showcase, right? And that uh, tell everybody what the New Faces Show is. It's a chance for them to showcase. Yeah, that's one one element of the, the over a hundred shows or more that that are occurring uh, over those three week span of Just for Last. But New Faces is that's really in my purview mostly. Although I consult in all the other shows as well. That's uh, that's the young up and comers, the whatever euphemism you want to use, the fresh faces, the new talent, the ones that have been doing it, you know, anywhere from four to ten years that maybe don't have the exposure yet, and that's, you know, figuratively supposed to be their launching pad, and it's where you have industry from all around the world, uh, you know, especially New York and L.A. Instead of running separately to all the clubs and trying to find the talent, so you have agents and managers and talent executives and casting people. They all congregate to this one festival where they can just see them everywhere. And it's, by the way, Montreal is also a very walkable city. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Chicago one, uh, that was a problem that they had because it's, it's such a megalopolis. Yeah. But Montreal, I would say, I mean, roughly speaking, probably 85% of the venues are all within like a 10-minute walk of the main, main hotel. Yeah. So that really is an advantage that they have because it's 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 a it's it's a big city feel, but kind of in a in a, in a smaller um, in a smaller space. When do you start look? You start looking at people in like February. I mean, they're early. early the, yeah, they're early in the year usually. Right? Yeah, January, January February, like six months. I like saying February so people don't bug me in January. All right. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, we start around then, and it literally going through right now. Matter of fact, after this podcast, I have another one of my big conference calls, my deliberation calls with the team because we're. Probably calls are going to come by the time. I don't know when this airs, but when this gets released, but it's... Uh, it won't air. It, it won't air. <laughs> <laughs> this is just for us. And then <laughs> Patrick and I want to submit tapes. Yeah. <laughs> and then after they have... There's this, term, there's this term that's used in the industry. I've never heard it before, but I guess it's called a callback. Which is uh, <laughs> that's when people try audition again for the second time before you solidify the decision to bring them to Montreal. That was a funny line. Why didn't you use that in your first set? (laughs) (laughs) He wouldn't be sitting here with us right now. The irony. Wayne Wayne Fetterman's got a great joke. He's like, I just wrote a new book. He's like, it's on PDF. It's called I'll Take That as a No. (laughs) (laughs) I remember them. It's a great joke. It's a great line. So what, what, let me ask, because, hold on. I didn't ask Patrick's Patrick's question. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I apologize. Please. Yes. What is a callback? Was that your question? Because <laughs> well, then, then people go in for a second audition. I mean, unless someone's so great right out of the gate that you book them for Montreal, or do you have them come back? Uh, no, that's a good time. question. It's rare. We like to see we like to see consistency. Yeah. We like. I mean, people could have in, in anything, in any whether it's a competition show, a festival, an audition. You have an off day. You have a good day, bad day. That's something you look for because eventually, when you go up to the show to use you know major league parlance, 
we want to make sure that they're ready. Right. You got to make sure that they're ready. And listen, there's been g- examples of great comics who've gone into bigger things that it took them a couple of years until the team. It's not just me; I'm one voice on the team. But to the team until the team felt that they were ready. So yes, usually we'll have our first rounds in New York and Los Angeles in uh, about February, and then we'll have the callbacks, which is the word for the the, the second auditions. Oh, if we oh, call them funny. back, if you do well <laughs> and call them back in April, May. Uh, and we finish up in May, and we start our deliberations uh, through through mid mid to late June. And how many uh, say? What's the talent pool start with? How many people that either you see audition, you see their tapes? I mean, what does it start at, and what does it narrow down to? Well, there's a couple of categories with new faces. We have the regular new faces. That's pretty much 100% submissions by agents and managers. So uh, they submit their clients, and then they have a lot of clients. So even with within that pool, we have to sift through because we just don't have the time and resources to see every single agent and manager's uh, client roster. And there's a lot now in 2017 compared to were even 10 years ago. There's just a lot in the industry right now, and there's good and bad about that. So they have the regular new faces. We have something called characters, which is uh, essentially like an SNL type edition where they're doing original characters, impressions. Uh, little you know sketches contained in within seven minutes, like little self-contained theatrical pieces, and uh, great people have come in a, out of that. And from Montreal, they've gone on to get SNL and, and other casting stuff. Uh, so there's new faces characters, and then the third one, which started I think six years ago, is another new faces show, but it's unrepped. And we spun that off because it got to the point where agents and managers were coming and saying, well, we can't really discover anyone new because these ones are all taken by, you know, they have representation. So this one is 100% purely comics from around the country who have zero representation and really deserve to be seen. And I'm most excited about that because, you know, L.A. and New York are, are really covered thoroughly because there's so much industry on both coasts. But this one, it's like we can find someone from Austin or Minneapolis or Boston or St. Louis and Seattle and, and find really, um, you know, gems that eventually will just before they make the leap. Because the they coast. do sneak through. Even with all the social media, all the Internet, you still see talented people that you're like, wow, this guy, how has nobody seen this person, right? Like they've got 45 minutes or an hour. Strong. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, the unrepped, uh, we do 100 percent online. Uh, everything else is live auditions, uh, unrep. We used to do it the other way, but what was happening was agents and managers were kind of sending in their assistants, other spies, to go look at it, and that didn't help us because then they would jump the gun and maybe start, you know, sniffing around and maybe then signing them, and that's, you know, that's counter to what we're trying to achieve. Right. So then we just did it, you know. And now with technology today, it's it's just so easy. Anyone could, you know, tape something and upload it, and it's easy. So that that's something that started about four or five years ago, where it's just purely online. How sick are you of comedy clubs? <laughs> I mean, you gotta be, and, and and to and to parlay that, how sick are you of comedy clubs? When is the last time you were wowed by somebody? Because you've seen it all, you've seen retread, you've seen people. You know, when's the last time you you kind of saw somebody somewhat reinvent the wheel? I don't want to say that I'm sick of comedy clubs because that's just a negative thing to say in the industry that I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> but you're onto something, Steve. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, listen. For the most part, I I'm not one who likes to just hang around a con because it's part of my job, and right. I, I you know I'm interested in that. I I you know I like to see who the fresh up and coming uh, talent is certainly. But you know, if I don't have to be there, I I would you know rather watch Netflix or watch an LA Kings game or something like that. Yeah, you're, you're a hockey guy. Huge that. pens. Yeah. So yeah, um, so uh, but you know, but I like I like actually going to clubs. I mean, I'll go in L.A. and New York, and I love going during callbacks. I enjoy that's very intense because in one week of regular auditions, we'll see about ten to twelve shows, about a hundred plus comics in a week. That's that's a lot crazy, to pay yeah. attention. You know, everyone's doing six minutes and watching a hundred comics. It's it's a lot to see back to back. So. You know, you got to really focus and have a pretty uh, decent attention span. Um, so, speaking of attention span, what was your second question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, who was the last? Because this could oh, be who wowed like, me? Who wowed yeah, me? That, that kind of blew your socks off. Uh, you know, there was a guy. Uh, there was a guy last year, last cycle. He didn't do the first one. You asked me a question like, for you know, ninety-five percent of the time, we won't, we won't just look one. at someone just one and done. But there was a guy last year out of New York. He came on stage, and someone had recommended him. I think someone in the industry. It was it was a, another club owner, I think. 
And he came on stage and it was just a home run. And he had the magnetism and the charisma and he was funny and he just blew the roof off the room. That's that was like those moments are very rare. Right. And it was and the whole team was unanimous. It was like, oh my god, that's a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say his name. His name is Leonard Utz. He's out of... Sure. Um, you know who he is? Yeah, he's managed by Levity, and he just did Conan not too long ago. Yeah. Is Gary just guy? asked him if he's he could like... open for him on the road. <laughs> <laughs> Gary's like IMD Pro. He yeah. knows who... <laughs> IMDB Pro. Yeah. He knows who the manager yeah, yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, Managed by Levity, I think, uh, Mazzilli, and uh, yeah, he just did Conan not too long ago. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So, so he was a guy who were just like, you know, and I... And the... The, the most pleasant part was I, I didn't know about him. So that's a oh, nice. real fine. Like, none yeah. of the team did. He just came out of left field. Does he do the unrep show? Uh, at the time, I th- I believe he had representation. He may he have did. had a manager at the time. Yeah, I don't believe he was on the unrep show. Uh, there was a, a, a characters woman last year. I don't really like saying names because then people yeah, yeah, think yeah, I, yeah. I, I pay, play favorites. But I'll leave it at Leonard for now. But uh, there was another one. Like you just knew that when when you know it was it was a woman and we saw her and we we're like, that was just at another level the way she inhabited the character and just owned it and stuck to it, and I'm not everyone asks like do you ever laugh at, at shows I've been doing this for like almost twenty years do you ever laugh, I do, mm-hmm. I do on the inside a right. lot I do on the inside because if I don't laugh out loud at somebody it doesn't mean I don't think they're talented or there's something someone that we should be considering for our show or we'll ultimately book. But I, I am a little jaded, certainly. I'm a little sure. bit jaded. But when I do laugh out loud, and I like to hold my cards close up my vest as much as I can. If it's involuntarily going, that's that says something. And there was a woman in characters last year. I'm like, well, and we all felt the same way too. She was just like, wow. Um, and I think she's going to be a star eventually. She knows who she is if she's hearing yeah. this right now. <laughs> but um, so yes, that does happen, and that's a wonderful moment. I I just love that. They're rare, but when that happens, because I see so much. And of course, I sometimes don't have the greatest short-term memory, but I do have a pretty decent encyclopedic memory because I've seen it all. I, I, I've seen so much when I'm seeing something, a variation on whatever the topic is or the characters. I'm like, wow, that was a spin I never expected mm-hmm. and so original. Uh, I love that feeling. It's great. Well, th- that kind of goes into this next question because I think sometimes with industry as with um, someone who's reviewing television shows, there there can be this overabundance of seen it all, done it all, and there becomes this, this I, I don't know, it's not, like you almost are looking for that clever moment or that in, that ingenious kind of twist on things that, you know, I, I think that's why like somebody like Dimitri Martin may get more acknowledgement than somebody like Billy Gardell, for example. And Billy's a road guy that goes up and destroys and kills and does the job. But Dimitri is more of a cerebral kind of like, let's bend the jokes and twist them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I think with industry, is it fair to say sometimes that because you've seen so much, you have this overabundance of it all, that for, for your interest to be piqued, you're maybe going to lean more towards someone like Berbiglia or Dimitri that could bend it a bit more as opposed to somebody like like Roy Wood or Gardell, these guys that kind of are out there grinding on the road and don't get maybe the respect from the industry from doing the gig. Because it, it seems like there's there's always that kind of, you know, alt is cool, but then the guys that are doing it as well. There, I don't know. It just seems like there's this weird space in between. And I think the industry gets to deem sometimes, you know? I've known you for about 18 years. It was a very diplomatic way you kind of navigated <laughs> alt comics versus right. more mainstream, yeah. versus I, mainstream I, comics. And he's saying this about well the done. Conan Booker. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, no, it's, a val- it's a valid point you bring up. It's actually, yeah. in, in all seriousness, it's a valid point. Look, I... When I approach my scouting, and again, I have to stress that I'm on a team, and mm-hmm. we don't, we, we know, we don't always see the same way. We had big arguments yesterday on the phone, so which is healthy. Uh, yes, there, there's, there's different, there's clicks. Yeah, there's different styles. You, this is this is obviously the Steve Byrne click. I can see that here. I'm not, you know, not a click. This well, is not my. It's, it's a, but it's a, not my gang. You know, and there's there's a UCB ish <laughs> type of click. Those kind yeah. of comics who can play that or play, you know. The Lincoln Lodge in Chicago, or play like certain yeah. more, you know, and then you know whatever examples you give, like a Billy Gardell. 
to do my job right, you got to look at all of it and look look at America right now, where we're at right now. It's very, you know, the the the, the flyover states, you know, I mm-hmm. don't think are, you know, might be as attracted to more of that kind of alt comedy. Although those are the ones that maybe you know draw more on the coast. So you have to have a you know a full range and and you know purview of, of bringing it all in. And listen, at the end of the day, philosophically, I mean. Clever, smart, original, and funny is what that is, whether it's alt or whether it's, you know, a, a, a mainstream comic playing, you know, playing Madison Square Garden. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, because you can have, t- using that as a venue, you have, I, I don't think Louis C.K. and Sebastian Maniscalco are, are the similar type comics, yet they appeal to audiences and can sell out, you know, tens yeah. of thousands of tickets. So you have to look at, uh, you really have to look at everything. But the, the nature of your question was like, what you you feel that it's more skewed or weighed one way? I think I, I think industry wise, and, and this goes for anybody reviewing film or TV or whatever. You're getting sent everything constantly via screeners or whatever or managers, and I think you've seen so much that I, I think that industry definitely skews more towards, um, you know, something that is just that much more heightened. For example, like when I hang out with my brother and my father and they're cracking jokes, I don't really laugh. And they go, you never laugh at our jokes. I'm like, I hang out with comedians all the time. So you almost have like this comedic intelligence that that you've been built up over years. You've been inundated with the best of the best. So I think that just I feel that industry per se will always lean towards somebody who's really, really thinking outside the box and doing something different. That should be appreciated, by the mm-hmm. way, because I watch Dimitri or Biblia and I go, oh, that's that's awesome. I, right. Who would have thought to have done something like that, you know? It's a little more bohemian. It's a little more... But I also see yeah. this, too. Well, it's, 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 listen, it's it's clever. Like, another example is like a Bo Burnham, like when I first saw him. That was yeah. sharp and, and clever, and, and maybe it's not as, you know, big and gregarious and colorful as, you know, or whatever, as a Cat Williams. I mean, you can't put them in different categories, right. but... What is industry attracted to? Well, they're also attracted to what sells. I mean, let's be honest yeah. about that. What you know, what's you know, what's going to get ratings? What's going to sell tickets? Mm-hmm. Certainly, agents and managers have that at the forefront of their you know of their thinking. You guys are more about the comedy than the agents and managers. I feel because you probably get thrown people by them that it's like, why did they send? They're just forcing this person on us. Do you get that from ag- agents and managers where they're forcing clients on on you to look at to put in your festival, or can you not comment on that? Yes. <laughs> Can I ask you, because you've been involved so long in the world of comedy, you've seen the plateaus, the dips, um, almost like a stock. It's gone up, it's gone down. I feel like in my 20 years, I've never seen comedy as big as it is now. What do you think has contributed to this almost like second gold rush of stand-up comedy? Because it was definitely hot in the 80s. It lost its way. It slowly resurged with guys like Dane on MySpace. And then there was another lull. And then all of a sudden, just this big pop. What, what's occurred in the last maybe five, seven years that, that has contributed to that rise? In my opinion, mm-hmm. the Internet. The Internet, really. Yeah. Uh, and the accessibility. And listen, you know, one of the things you did mention is that, you know, there's these, you know, YouTube stars I mean, that it's just, you know, and they don't come out of the traditional stand-up world. I mean, I produced a, a show last year in Montreal. It was a couple of internet uh, stars that, you know, they're not traditional stand-ups. And they, I, I do the intros on stage, like off stage on, on a mic to introduce them. I could, the roar of the crowd. I mean, it was a lot of younger teens, uh, teen girls. It was, it was two females who did it. I mean, they're hugely popular. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. It was like as big as you know Chris Rock coming in the room. Wow! So uh, that's a whole other element of I think the internet, uh, uh, you know, and 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 you know, streaming places like you know, uh, obviously Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and all that. There's more comedy uh, uh, distribution channels. It's easily accessible. You can now look at libraries much more easily to go back and get you know rather than the old days when you had to physically go into the clubs and see them or wait for the specials to air on on, on HBO or, or whatever network. It's like everything is at your fingertips right now and, and on mobile devices. So I think that has been a big factor why there's been a resurgence and a boom because when you're seeing all of this, because it's the same thing with the, uh, as far as I understand, the, the music industry. 
Yeah. Uh, they're not, you know, pretty much CDs or MP3s are just selling tools to get people to go see arena con- concerts. Yeah. That's where they're making all their money. So by the same token, it's like now to, to, for comics to go on tours, it's like, okay, you get to see these specials. You can access them at any moment you want on Netflix. And I think, I think that's one uh, big element of the resurgence. Well, to piggyback off of that, I, I, I'd written something recently where I f- – and I, I'd like your take as, as probably as diplomatic as you could be on this one because uh, I think with all the accessibility now with CISO, with Netflix, with everything streaming nowadays and then – I mean we're not even talking about YouTube and it just there's so many outlets now. Netflix is doing this hour special once a week and they're introducing it and it, it's almost like the hour special – to me, isn't as special anymore because I feel over 52 weeks, that's 52 specials, that's 52 moments that things get lost in the ethos of that bandwidth of of so much stand-up. I feel it's somewhat a hindrance to sustaining the popularity of stand-up because I think if you're getting, especially if Netflix is throwing all that money at all these heavy hitters, and in one year encapsulated, you have Seinfeld, Rock, Chappelle... And then just go down the list of great notable names. Does does that in some way hurt the hour special and in general hurt stand-up comedy as a whole by just inundating the general public with 52 great specials all at once and then going from there? That's a fair statement. It's a conversation I've had with a lot of my industry calling colleagues uh, mm-hmm. until recently. I, I've talked about that. I agree with that. The answer is we'll see. Yeah, it's too soon to tell, but I don't like oversaturation in anything. It it dilutes any product. And the same thing where there's I, I find now in my experience there's so many more agents and managers even in comedy than there were even five to ten years ago. And, and what's making our job more difficult is well they're grabbing all these comics that just aren't ready to do anything. They're not letting them develop and incubate. So for my unrep show, that makes it all the more harder because all the more difficult because I can't now get people who I deem to be ready because now all of a sudden, yeah, I have a manager. So by the same token, I think the oversaturation could be problematic. Um, it's it's too soon to tell. It's going yeah. to be interesting to find out how that how that plays out because there's now they're releasing I think one special a week even on Netflix. Yeah. And you have Comedy Central and you have HBO and you have Showtime and I think Epic's even got into it and there's you know and CISO and they're all doing these specials. So it's like remember the days in Comedy Central, Steve. I mean you were in New York with me. Yeah. It, it was you know there was like that was a that was an elite selection. Like you had to have paid your dues and mm-hmm. earned it and. There were there were you know men and women who had been doing it like a solid you know ten years that were ready yeah but that that's out the window right now now they're they're grabbing people that are just it's like oh you have you know fifty million YouTube hits yeah you're ready right yeah I mean do you also think too, is it weird weird that I have never done comics unleashed I've never gotten a call <laughs> to do that one I think it's is the debate whether or not that's a good thing or yeah, a bad yeah. thing what, what do you want that? What, what, do you, what do you want there but do you think that Looking back years ago, getting a stand-up spot on any of the late-night shows was a coup. Just a huge coup, jumped your career immediately. Now, when I see it on any of the late-night shows and the host does the intro, you could tell immediately who only has that six minutes and who's a guy like, say, a Gary Goleman who you know is headlining around the world. Like, I always wonder, you know, do those spots, are they? do they mean anything like they used to or are they just – doing is it for a comic's personal resume to do those shows today i think it's more of the latter i mean i'm just just looking at empirically i mean because back to what steve said there's there's so many more outlets right now so it's not as exclusive or means as much because back in you know 25 years ago you had you know carson and you had letterman yeah. And then a couple of other players in the 80s or 90s joined, uh, I can't remember, Arsenio. And there, were, there, were, there weren't that many more. I'm probably forgetting a few, of course. But there, was just, there were just a few. And now you have about six or seven players, maybe four major ones that regularly rotate in stand-up comics. So it's not the same. And by the same token, you don't even have to – you can do more damage or more business, get more traction by yourself on the Internet, which – is a good thing in a way also. I kind of admire anyone 
who, who can do it that way. I mean, you mentioned Dane Cook earlier in the MySpace days. Mm-hmm. He was a self-marketing machine, and yeah. I, I, I'm always the one to say, give him points for that. You know, he did yeah. it on his on his own that way. So, you know, and again, like I said, there's pros and cons to everything. But I think right now in, in the late night arena, it uh, it's there's nothing wrong with it. It's a wonderful thing to have. It's good right. television experience. There's no question about that. I just don't think it 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 holds the. Uh, you know, the same weight as it used to when there were just less players. Because you started, you booked Fallon right when that show started. That was When they had cake. the Conan spot, the the late, when it was late night, which yes. before it became the Tonight Show. I did that for a little while. I booked uh, I booked the stand-ups on there uh, when it was, it was still in New York before the Tonight Show. Uh, I am friendly with the bookers of the four or five major shows that do it today, and they all have different agendas, by the way. Uh, I mean, I can't speak for them, of course, but based on observation, some of the inside knowledge I know, every I mean, you could just look at it by yourself objectively. Yes, you know, I think, uh, uh, for instance, Conan, you could just look at it. They have more young up-and-comers uh, versus uh, The Tonight Show, a little bit more established, a little bit higher level, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Kimmel's starting to do more up-and-comers. Mind you, and uh, Colbert. Uh, Colbert's kind of a mix, which I find interesting because they had someone on like a Greer Barnes mm-hmm. uh, a couple of yeah. months ago, and then they'll have, uh, you know, uh, uh, I think they had Rami Youssef, uh, a new up and coming, you know, Rami. So yeah. I, I like that. I kind of like that. I mean, yeah. it, and all, listen, all of them partake that a little bit, and their agendas change year to year. It's not never consistent. I, I've seen that also with experience, but in, in, in the current climate, climate, that's how it is. But I think that's good. At least the good part about it, there's a lot of outlets right now. There's a lot. It's good for comedians. It's yeah. good for comedians to get on. So it's not as competitive, and it's not like I was. I watched only the first two episodes. I'm dying up here, but it's like everyone's like, "Oh, how did he get? You know, how did he yeah. get on Carson?" It's not that backstabbing because if you don't get A, well, there's B, C, D, and E, and that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite, I think, every comic's favorite moment of the Just for Last festival is. Andy Kindler's Roast to the Industry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, God. Every year I listen to how, how has he, like, is that your, is that the industry's favorite one? Because they're getting lambasted o- over there, uh, just getting roasted. I- is that something you guys enjoy as well, or is that more for the comics? Because it's, it's almost like the comics turn to flip it on the industry. But do you guys enjoy it just as much as the comics do? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if, yeah. if you're in the industry, whatever right. that means, and however far that goes out, of course, because yeah. it's, it's very inside. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it would be no different than any other industry. It was the medical industry, and they're only doing about doctors mm-hmm. and nurses and surgeons. I mean, everyone knows the comedy industry, and of course, because it's biting and funny and the way Andy delivers it. But yeah, people people like it. I mean, I haven't seen it myself in the last couple of years just because I've been uh, holed up. I do TV productions while I'm there, right. so I'm just not available to see it, but I've been you know following that for when you know many years ago back in uh, certainly the late 90s I've been watching it uh, for 20 years and yeah it's pretty biting and cutting yeah, yeah. and uh there's no such thing as too big a target <laughs> for Andy Kimmel. Feelings get hurt, yeah, but it's yeah. great. I want to ask you as we kind of come to a close because I, I we could I I'm sure I could speak on behalf of all of us. We could talk to you forever, but I'm enjoying this. I haven't broken into my cupcake. I know, so, I know. In all your years, if there is just something reflexively that jolts in your brain, some magic moments that you got to witness being part of JFL, just things that could never be reproduced, just something magical that you knew you saw, you could that, that moment can never be recreated what are maybe one or two of those instances that come to come to mind i don't know where the bad ones come to mind first oh. ahead of the good ones <laughs> I, I mean you know listen there everything it I, there was the days i think you would ask me this off air before i came in here but you know uh what comics were launched out of there so there are some examples this may before my time i think uh tim allen and, and drew carey like they would go there and they would launch, and then their careers would go. When he got Home Improvement and Drew Carey show and all that, they would they would that was a launching pad. Now that now because back to your earlier point, because there's so many more comedy clubs, and people can see these people in L.A. or New York, you know, any day of the year, and and on the internet. I I don't know that that formula uh, is structured the same way anymore. But right. certainly there are you know there are moments where like you know there's buzz that you hear about the word buzz so mm-hmm. it, it goes around and there's like did you see you know what they hear about this comic did or a run of their shows that they did so you know you you uh, you know you certainly hear about that I mean you know 
it's not just the new faces. It could just be some, you know, more st- like you know the the goddamn comedy jam got a lot of buzz, yeah. or you know, or, or the roast battle before they started filming it. You know that those are theme shows, so you hear a lot of that. Like I saw, um, I saw Jimmy Carr do the uh, the roast battle. I'm already a Jimmy Carr fan. You guys yeah, are familiar with Jimmy course. Carr. And uh, he's just a brilliant writer, killer, yeah. killer, killer comic. <laughs> and then he kind of went into this domain that was a little probably uncomfortable for him. That's not his thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he can be biting and cutting, but more, I think, in his own space. And he works alone. So when I saw him like uh, with a challenge or whatever and just masterfully crush in that new surrounding, I was like so impressed by that. Yeah. And I already was impressed by him already. So there's moments like that where I can even see an established comic kind of, you know, just sidestep into something a little outside of their comfort zone yeah. and just, you know, crush it. And, uh, you know, also, you know, young comics just, you know, hitting that home run. Uh, I've seen, you know, some people, you know, squander the opportunity mm-hmm. because it's nerve wracking. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of pressure. Uh, I remember an interview that I think Chelsea Handler did on, uh, I think it was Piers Morgan when he took over for Larry King, and she said something like, the uh, the two worst moments in my life were one, I, th- I think she said her sister died. I, I could be misquoting, but a mm-hmm. family, close family member. It was one of the worst moments in my life. The second worst moment in my life ever was the Just for Last Festival in Montreal. Oh, Jesus. And she said how she, and I was up there that year, I remember, yeah. and she said she, you know, well, didn't affect her career. She did just yeah. fine. She did just just fine. And and same thing happened to Kathy Griffin. Go, going back even further. Yeah. Uh, I was in the room. This is going back some point. I think of the '90s, and she uh, she bombed big time. Cried. Ran off stage crying. It's not the end all and be all. Look at right. her career too. She's doing just well, just fine as well. Mm-hmm. So. It, it it works both well, ways. It can't before What's the that? before the picture of the head before <laughs> she became a prop comic. <laughs> but but uh, but you must Jeff. You must have seen both sides. You must have seen these people who you know you discovered early on back years ago when you were doing new faces that have just gone on to crazy things and you you kind of gave them that first shot. And then maybe there's other people who you're like I wonder what ever happened to that guy. Yeah, I never like to say I'm solely responsible for giving someone a shot because it doesn't work that way. I have a little humility around that. I mean, like I said, yeah. these people work on their own. They earn it, deserve it. Do we, do we? when I say we, I mean the Just for Laughs you know, group, uh, provide the, the biggest and the best platform for them to shine? I, I think so. Uh, and and, and I'm, I'm a voice on the team. I, I think I'm a significant voice on, on the team of New Faces, but I'm one of the voice of... You know, our team right now is, is three, certainly, that, that's focused on this. But, um, yeah, there's, I mean, you know, you name in the last couple of years, whether it's Fortune Feimster or, or, or Ali Wong or, or Ron Funches or, you know, there's a lot of people that have, like, you know, gotten, you know, big breaks coming out of there and then other stuff happened thereafter. And they earned it. They earned it, but we're glad, we're, you know, to have been a part of it, to allow them to shine there. But, you know, the credit goes to the comics themselves. They have possessed the talent and, and, and the skill and they got that it factor. Now, good for them. We just want to... You know, uh, move it along a little, help you're, them along. You're giving them the platform, but they better be ready for the opportunity once it hits. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I that's that's an important attribute. You, you, you need to be ready. And listen, we're not. You know, we never bet a bad a thousand. Sometimes we we make bad calls ourselves. I mean, no one's infallible. But you know, with experience, I've been doing this a long time. I think. I like to think that I, I I call a lot of them right when they're ready, and sometimes they're not, and they can you know squeeze through. Also, I mean, they're you know you've been around long enough, you know that. Yep. Um, you know you, whether it's an audition or, or or a festival or what have you, it's like, you know the the stars align and things can work out with you. But but for the yes or no, but for the most part, generally speaking, I think it's in the the best. And comics today are uh, they're younger comics are impatient. I I find that because why. Well, well and you're all competitive also. I know I'm staring at you, Steve. <laughs> but they're they're you too, uh, Patrick. But it, it 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 they they really um because they want it now, because they mm-hmm. see that like, oh this look at this one. This one got has been doing it two years and got a development deal or got right. cast in this and and, and I remember, you know, the the whole notion of earning it is is kind of been diminished and that kind of uh that frustrates me. Yeah. Because, you know, in anything you, you need to earn it, you know. Got like you know a master like Dave Attell earned it over you know many years yeah. before you know and then you know he became you know such a a mentor and, and someone that all other comics looked up to but that didn't happen overnight. Yeah. We're going out, again. I don't have to tell you. You know this. 
Yeah. Maybe I have to tell Patrick, but I don't want to pick in Patrick. I like Patrick. But I remember I saw Todd Berry. He was in one of the roast battles, and like he was just I, – I find his jokes so funny. And then mm-hmm. when he did roast battle, he was hilarious. He just brought it to a different level, and that was probably somebody who – But Todd's knew, a master. He's, right. he's a veteran. Yeah. I mean, Todd's – you know, he's a master craftsman at this. But there are so many comics who are brand new who don't want to do the open mics. They just want to jump right to the Ice House on a Friday night. They don't want to do – the five, six, seven sets a week leading into getting the main spots. And that's the problem with you know the internet because they figure they can throw something up really quick and hopefully get all these hits, which won't happen. And or may, maybe it will, but but do you meet comics like that? That guy. <laughs> <laughs> He's pointing yeah. at Steve. Yeah. <laughs> Our engineer? <laughs> no, pointing to Steve. <laughs> to Steve. Oh, when Steve Unbelievable. Oh. No, but I mean, you, I mean, you're in the circuit. Course, you must meet people like that. I mean, you're really meeting like these young people in their early 20s and now in early 20s. It's like, you know, I love, I always get a smile on my face. How long have you been doing comedy? I meet like a 23-year-old. How long have you been doing comedy? Yeah, I'm going in my ninth year. Like like literally, oh, you've been doing this since you were like 13, yeah. 14. Yeah. But right. they count that. They count that as experience. Yeah. Yeah, I, I get a lot. Well, it is funny when those people that age too are like, "Well, I'm coming out with my second album," and it's like, "What? What? What? What are you talking about?" Jerry Seinfeld has two albums. You know, yeah. like right. you're coming out with your second at 23. I've sure. never even heard of you. You never done any. You you can talk for two hours, I guess, if you want to count that as one hour each. But that's not comedy that you can just talk in front of people. And you know why that's a problem, or what what led to that? Because it's easy. The distribution is easy. Anybody can do it. Anybody could. You know, if you have, you know put together whatever, $5,000 to record something, probably not even that much. You can record an hour video. You can distribute it yourself. You know, people see what, you know, what the Louis C.K.'s and the Aziz Ansari's of the world are, you know, did on that level. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I can do it on a smaller level, and it's it's a lot easier to do. So I, I, I even when, like with audio recordings now, I don't know how significant it is to even go to any of the major labels. There's, yeah. there's self-releases. I, I'm not really into that world as much, yeah. but... I would imagine it's 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 a you know it's 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 a competitive aspect. And and as we hit the home stretch, what advice would you have for just new comics that are trying to get their materials, their content to you? They maybe live in Iowa. They would love to be seen by the Just for Laughs committee. What's what's the best? They live piece in Santa Monica with two, four dogs. Is that- <laughs> four dogs in an arcade game. <laughs> we talking about you again? It, yeah, it's heading, it's heading close to home. Okay, I think one of my dogs is heading to the festival this year. Under <laughs> <laughs> uh, the characters, <laughs> I'll tell you the process for for the unrepped. I yes. mean, you know, for the new faces and characters, that's all agents and managers. So you got to go out and circulate and prove yourself and let. It, but by the way, that's you know when. New comics are like, oh, what do I do as soon as I get to L.A. or New York? Well, um, go on stage and you know what? Like, I'll ask any of you three guys, who do you like out there? Because you you guys, I'll, I'll, I want to hear your opinions. I respect what you have to say. It's a pay-it-forward system. Right. I go to uh, previous you know, alumni classes of new faces, both unwrapped, all of them. You're, you're working the clubs in there? Who do you like? I get on the phone. I speak to club owners. I, I'll take it from every every aspect. Mm. Uh, people who run alti indie shows in San Francisco, who do you got? So I try to grab from different sources. And and then I kind of I have a little grid, and I put the whole thing together, and I say, okay, well, there's about six or seven people keep mentioning this person. Let's take a closer look. It's not an exact science. It's subjective, of course, but it helps. I get a lot of the, the, the pay-it-forward method. That really, really helps. Uh, so that's where I – it's if I reach out to you, that's that's a good thing yeah. because I've been I've, I've been hearing it from other people and you're making a name for yourself. Uh, I'm we're pretty open through either the website or through my you know my little personal direct way. Uh, I want to look at people from from everywhere. Conversely, I don't want to be inundated with you know thousands of submissions because there is a lot of ones I should not be wasting my time looking at. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's for me to parse through all of that. But we're we're open. I'm. I'm pretty generous and nice about that. I mean, as whatever time I have to devote to it, uh, if I get someone that will literally cold email me because they found my email address through someone, someone, I'll, I'll look at it. I'll, I'll look at it. It may take me a little while to get to it, but I, for the most of them, I pretty much return their emails. I try to be good that way for whatever limited time I have. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's word of mouth. Like, the website is open to anybody. little secret. I don't look at it that <laughs> <laughs> as intently as I probably should. No, I do. 
But uh, yeah, I, I like I like through. I have a network of like even if it's fifty people one year, I'm like, who do you like? I'll get on the phone with this club owner. I kn- I have a good net, uh, contacts with club owners across the country, which is like they're on the ground. They they know better than I do. And but but different different type of rooms. And I love the same thing where I where I find, you know, just uh, diamonds in the rough that I've never seen before that come out of left field. I love that. I'm like, no one knows who this person is, and wow, there's, you know. And in the unwrapped, they could be a little bit more raw because that's accepted because they're unwrapped and you're not ready for that. But the objective is let's get them up there and let's get agents and managers to back them and then and then move them along. So, uh, but yeah, I'm pretty pretty open. Word of mouth, I mean, it's like this business. It's sort of about who you know, but I play it both ways. I'll, I'll take someone out of the blue that I haven't heard of, and uh, yeah, sometimes that's wowed me. It's rare it's a Haley's yeah. combat, but once in a while, someone that was completely that it's on no one's radar has come out. I'm like, what is this? Uh, that that happens, and I love that feeling too. By the but, way, before the podcast started, I got a missed call from you. So I don't know, were you reaching out to me? <laughs> you, or Please. you just couldn't find the studio? <laughs> I, I, I couldn't get through the front door, to be honest. Front doors were locked. Hey, I'll take it. A missed call no one, from You didn't Jesse. tell me about a side door. <laughs> uh, uh, well, yeah. is there a seminar at uh, JFL about how to quit stand-up comedy? Do, do you have anything like that that, that could help with some of our that's, Oh, that's a negative outlook, sir. You don't want to do that. Uh, there, and by the way, recently, another, another way, just on that note, actually reminded me, the festival's also going not only in terms of shows but we have something called a uh, comedy pro they're conferences so they'll have like you know showrunners or discussions about you know certain trends in comedy that's really grown and they have some amazing uh, these are afternoon events so that's one of my colleagues has spearheaded that that's been doing really nice. well and you should check out the website for that that's another reason why a lot more people are, are checking out the festival yeah but, and by the way after the festival ends like the first day of august you just go on vacation or are you gearing up right away for the next year the 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 team in Montreal does yeah well they have Toronto right after in September oh, wow. so they're they're busy with Toronto and then uh, again I, I'm not sure when Sydney is it might be October so they're they're yeah they take a little break but then they're they're back into things and then you know with Montreal they're like yeah if it's a big show I mean they're gonna you know they have Seinfeld doing the the Bell Center this year yeah and, which is like the big arena where the where the Canadians play I think he's doing it with uh, Gad Elmala I yeah. think they're they're co-headlining it yeah but like so for big things like that yeah they'll start they'll start looking for names and they have big gala hosts also that's another big component so they have you know big names that are hosting those shows that those are big you know celebrity anchors that they have for that so it starts sooner than you think I mean a year goes by quickly yeah. it takes a lot of planning. Well, Patrick and I, we, the festival sounds great, but we're waiting for the reboot of Last Comic Standing. We think that's our wheelhouse. We that's, think, that's your, that's yeah, your way in? We're yeah. going to be in the house. We're going to oh, fight it out. We God. think that that's... Byron LCS. Allen, if you're listening, bring back Comics Unleashed. <laughs> okay. I need that platform. By the way, his first podcast... Thank you so much, Jeff. I had a great time. Thank you for having me. On behalf of all the comics, thank you for your hard work. And to everybody at JFL, you guys are an incredible matchmaker. You throw the biggest party in comedy every year. And you've done wonders for so many of our colleagues. Uh, Even just recently, John Ranitsky used to open for me. He did it. He got SNL off of it. Oh, wow. That's, so that's, that's true. just another that's example true. of all these things that, that can come out of the festival. So thank you once again for not only taking your time, but your years of experience and then sitting down with us to get My to pleasure. Talk. And I'll see you up there. And you, I'm bringing my hockey equipment. Do you know the year. food? Do you know the food up there well? Because I gotta, I gotta show you some good food in Montreal. I'm down. I, I've, I've had the poutine quite no, a bit. No, no, but no. Yeah, I you had it. the smoked meat. No, you, you haven't had the smoked meat up no. there. No, it's like our version of pastrami. I'm in. Oh, dude. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. Absolutely. Yeah, no, you gotta go. Let's, let's talk more about this, Ryan Gary. You want to go to so much- <laughs> <laughs> As they're rubbing our noses in it. <laughs> Thanks a lot, you guys. <laughs> well. Thank you very much to Jeff Singer. Uh, where can they find you, Gary? Canon Comedy, my friend. <laughs> you want to say that in front of Jeff? Uh, well, I'll be at the Draft House, D.C., uh, two weeks, and then obviously the JFL Festival up in Montreal. I'll be up there with Jeff Singer. I'll be doing the Ethnic Show with Maz Jabrani, Jessica Kirsten, many other great comedians, and it is just a blast if you get a chance. The Come first on time up. in JFL history that they're doing Groupon. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs>